Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. May your name be glorified. May your word be what we experience, see, and understand more of. Remove me so that your name may be magnified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in the book of Nehemiah, and the, the people within this book, the people of God, have been removed from their home, removed from Jerusalem. They were displaced as a result of not following, listening to God. And the Persians are the ones that came in and busted up shop. The Persians are their dominators at this point. And, and three people have started to lead the people back. First was a brother named Zerubbabel. Next was Ezra. Then and now our brother Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is excited about community restoration, and the community restoration will ultimately be experienced in a revival of the people, but we're not just there yet. So our brother, Nehemiah, his, his heart breaks as he sees the state of his community. He's a man of integrity, and he, he finds favor with the king. Uh, he, he, he's he's gets this favor that God gives him and the king gives him. And he begins, as our brother, Pastor Mark Van Ando said a couple weeks ago, that he, when, when presented with the opportunity, he's got a plan. He's ready. He has a vision for what restoration could look like. But as our, 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 our elder Alvin shared, that, that the people were not exactly like, let's go right away. You know, when you think about it, uh, the people, our brother Alvin said, the people had experienced misery, experienced pain. And Nehemiah identified with their pain and with their misery, but he didn't let that lead to defeat. And so uh, there's some haters in the, in the crowd, Sambalot, Horonite, Tobiah. Uh, they, they throw some shade towards the vision that Nehemiah has. But then Nehemiah speaks to the people and he says, let us build because of the God that is with us, because of the vision this God has given me. Let us build. Let us build. And so now we're going to jump into Nehemiah chapter three, Nehemiah chapter three. After this celebration of let us build, we're going to take a peek of what building looks like. And uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to give somebody directions when you weren't there? Maybe you uh, locked yourself out of your car and you got to say to your friend, I need you to go to my house, get my keys for me. Now, I could probably ascertain, I could probably guess that you can describe your home without being there. You could probably say, okay, now when you walk in the door, to the right is going to be your steps. Go up the steps. Step over the dog. Don't worry. He won't bite you. Look to the left. You're going to see a vase. Don't worry about the vase. That's not where the keys are. Turn around directly from the vase. You know, you can describe your house to a T vividly. Family, as we jump into Nehemiah 3, we're going to get one of the most vivid descriptions of Jerusalem in all of the Bible. It's one of the most clear laying out of where everything is in Jerusalem that we're going to be able to find. 
But the, but, the, but the goal of our entire message today, the goal of everything we're talking about today is that you would leave remembering this one statement that we rebuild the kingdom of God together. We rebuild the kingdom of God together. Nehemiah 3, let's start at verse 1. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hanah. That's the only one that's been messing me up. Y'all going to see some tricky names in here. Tower of Hananel. <laughs> you just got to be like, I did that. <laughs> Now notice here, the high priest rose up with his brothers, the priest. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that even modeled within scriptures, those that are called to, to champion God's word, those that are called to, to model it and be a, an advocate for the people before the Lord are also called to lead. And so we see here the priests being the first among people being commanded to go out and begin the real rebuilding process. If it's going to be a a community minded movement, it should never be those that are in leadership saying, y'all go do that and tell me how it goes. No, we should be you should be seeing those that love you and lead you actually on the battlefield with you at times. But it's interesting that that the priest, the high priest and the brothers with the high priest uh, were not the ones with the vision. They were not the ones that, that laid out what the rebuilding process would look like. Actually, that came from Nehemiah. And I think I, I hope that that is something that encourages you because we've had that happen many a time in MacAv. I, I can't remember, and I might put Sarah on blast, but I remember we were like struggling with what to do during uh, uh, Thanksgiving uh, ministry, Thanksgiving outreach. One year we had done some some amazing gifts that we thought we were blessing the community with and and a church partnered with us. They gave us a ton of gifts to care for families. And I remember going into a home and and a family that we brought these gifts to and the dad slipped out the back. Mom, kids happy. But I saw in that moment, man, the dad felt like we just took his dignity away. He can't provide for his own family, so here comes his church to do what he can't. It's like, okay, Thanksgiving. Oh, excuse me, that was Christmas. That was Christmas. I was like, all right, Lord, help us, help us rethink through this. How can we do this? So, so one of the sisters in the body, I might have been Sarah, might have not been, was like, what if, might have been Kristen, I don't remember. But one of the sisters in the body was like, hey, what if we had a store where we had items that were greatly discounted so that people could afford them, but still provided dignity so folks could come shop and say, I did this for my family. Wasn't my idea. Wasn't Pastor E's idea. Came from this body that was doing life with people, that was thinking through, how do we, how do we allow dignity to be a part of the things that we do? I think it was our Thanksgiving, uh, um, the, not the play, what's the thing with the stage? Come on, y'all. Talent show, thank you. I can't even remember. You know I didn't come up with that one. (laughs) 
family, we are excited to see God use this body. And as he calls our lead, your leaders to lead and we want to do that faithfully, it doesn't mean we have to be in charge of every aspect of the vision. We're excited for God to use his people. Amen. Amen. But as we lead, God presents an, an army of people that we are leading. Look with me at verse two. And next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur, the son of Emery built. The sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And next to them, Mermoth, the son of Uriah, son of Haggas, repaired. And next to them, Mushalam, the son of Berechiah, son of Meshabel, repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Banah, repaired. I like pastor, you reading that with some some excitement. You reading that with some 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 force. What's going on? Family. Uh, how, how, who in here comes from a, a family where you have siblings and you have more than you have four or more siblings? Miss Carolyn, Mary, Trini, but Joseph in the back. Yep. Ezra. Yep. Sorry. Yep. I got you, son. You know, you're like, Dad, you keep adding kids. Uh, <laughs> so, Mary, imagine, imagine if your, your family gets separated. A fire takes over your home. Now you got a brother that lives on this side of town, a sister that lives south side of town, another brother on the west side of town. Everybody is separated. And then one brother comes back and says, you know what? I'm going to clear the land, take all the debris, all the trees out, all of, the, all of the, the, the garbage out. Another sister comes, digs out the foundation, starts setting the foundation. Another brother returns, lays all the posts and the beams. Another sister comes, lays the roof. You starting to see a vision of what's being built here? You're starting to see how, how each member of the family returns, and then another brother comes, makes the walls, the doors, the windows, and before you know it, they say, Mom, together we've rebuilt a home for you. We've provided a place of safety for you. That's, that's the image you get when these random names that you would get tongue-tied trying to, trying to repeat. That's the image you get of people that have been displaced and each of them coming back and saying, I'm going to do my part to contribute. Each of them coming back to say, I'm going to be a, a force that God uses to rebuild. And so I do say these names with, with power, with force, with excitement, because it's a, it's a great vision. It's a great Ah, image of God using a variety of people for one common cause. For one common cause. In essence, everybody, everybody was getting involved. All hands were on deck. Continue with me, though, because even though you can start to see leaders involved, and even though you can get everybody involved, all the siblings are, are contributing you know you always got that one knucklehead cousin, that one sibling that you're like, mm, I don't know, I don't want you putting up no walls, brother. <laughs> you just let us do it. All right, continue with verse 5. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles 
would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Family, this is a, a, a quick snippet just to let you know that sometimes, even though you can have the best plan, even though you can have vision sent by God, even though you can have people that's joining together, being united, somebody's still going to say, mm, I don't think that's going to work. Somebody still will be a hater, even from within. Somebody still will criticize. And, and these are, sadly, from the people of Tekoa, these are their leaders in their town. These are their nobles, their priests. That should have been, like Eliashib, the first to lead, but their people go without them. Family, we rebuild kingdom together. Continue with me at verse 6. Joida, the son of Pesea. And, and you know what? Like, there's going to be a few times, y'all, where, where I'm going to skip some verses, not because they're less valuable, uh, but because in this chapter, uh, there are themes that happen where people do the same things, and we, we see their names being switched, but they do the same things. So when I'm, I'm going to make sure that I highlight the points where it shifts and you see actually people doing something different. Uh, so start with me at verse 7. And next to them repaired Melatiah the Gibeonite and Jaden the Marathonite, the men of Gibeon and of Mizpah, the seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to them, Uziel the son of Harahiah, goldsmiths repaired. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers repaired, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad world, the broad wall. Let me ask you a question. If, if you had to rebuild, who in our body would you, would you hire to help you rebuild something? Ken. You know why he said Ken? Ken is a carpenter. Know why he said Frank? Frank is a carpenter. You can kind of see in verse 8, maybe the goldsmiths get in the room. They work with some tools, probably make some jewelry. How did the perfumer get in the room? How did did they make it on the the repairing side of, of, of things? See, God is showing us early on that everybody has a role to play. Every single person is valued in community. With a vision, we don't look down upon anyone. I remember Rebecca and I had, uh, we had moved into our home. Uh, this was 10 years ago. Um, she was pregnant with Shiloh, and I'm working on the house. Now, you wouldn't have hired me to help with your construction because I didn't know nothing about construction and still don't compare to Matthew Rojek and Frank and Ken. Um, but, but what would happen is uh, I was overwhelmed and I'm looking at this house and I'm like, okay, how do I do this? I don't know. I'm going to just start. And E. Russ, a pastor E, got a connection with a church. So the church is like, hey, we're coming down tomorrow to, to, to help. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. So I got my little, I got a little paintbrush here for one person, a little mop. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. You're going to mop. I'm doing, I'm in the middle of construction. What are you mopping? I don't know. All right. So, but here we go. 
So they show up and it's like a, a group of like 15 people. I'm ready for three. So I'm like, uh, can you go and blow on the tree over there? And how about you? Can you like wipe the dust off with your fingers? And how, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with these people? From that moment on, though, I went out. I bought a ton of paintbrushes. I bought a ton of brooms, bought a ton of rakes. I went to the dollar store. You would have thought I was trying to buy out the whole dollar store. Because if anybody came to my home ready to serve, I had a job for them. Because if somebody was willing to be a blessing unto me, then I could use them in a way that multiplied what I could do alone. Family. Do you see yourself in the way God sees you? Do you think you got to get a certain degree or you got to have a certain job or you got to have a, a certain way of vernacular, a certain way to speak, a certain friend group, a certain da 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 God loves you and sees you as beautiful and wants to use you as you are. He does something in your heart where he grabs it and makes it anew. Yeah, there's a process of sanctification where he's going to grow you, but he's ready to use you now. And the rebuilding of God's kingdom is one where every person plays a valuable role. Valuable role. And pray for me that I would see all of us equally as equal contributors in rebuilding God's kingdom. The perfumer building the walls. But what are we rebuilding, fam? I'm, I'm, it's, it's easy to look and see this, but what are we rebuilding? We are trying to submit to the Lord to rebuild an experience of peace an experience of shalom. You see, when God created things, he created an order, an order of peace, an order of sus- that's sustainable, an order that, that has all things perfectly operating. And then sin came in and disrupted that. So what we are working towards as the people of God is trying to have people experience and we experience that shalom again. So there's a ton of things that work towards that shalom, but there's a ton of things that's trying to break down shalom. So we as the people of God are not simply trying to build a, a wall. And don't get, tired, don't get wrapped up into simply trying to make Detroit beautiful. Because I've seen churches in our community build a, a row of homes and eight years later, the homes be empty, abandoned, and need to be torn down. It's not just about beautifying this community, though that is an aspect. It's about people experiencing shalom, God's peace. And that happens from each and every one of us rebuilding together. Amen. Amen. Continue on with me. Verse 11. Malchijah, the son of Haram and Hashab, the son of Pethomah-Moab, repaired another section of the towers of the ovens. Next to him, Shalom, the son of Halohesh, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, repaired he and his daughters. Do, do me a favor and look to your left. Now look to your right. Most likely you saw someone that did not look like you. Most likely you saw a person that may have been a different gender than you, different race than you, 
And I love, I love that God uses this to remind us that everybody has value, but you as a person don't get to pick who's going to be helping rebuild the kingdom. I, I, will, I will say and I will confess that when we first started this church, we had a vision of a multicultural church. But I will confess that I kind of didn't believe it. I was like, okay, I'm cool with the multicultural church. I'm excited for God to do something, but I'm black. I'm going to be in one of the blackest cities in the nation. I doubt it's going to be a multicultural church. <laughs> Just being real. And, and, and family, God has blown my mind. Blown my mind with the folks that he has allowed, that he has drawn to himself to do life here. But as you look and you see the diversity to your right and to your left, you also might have saw somebody that, uh, if you could sign up who's going to be on your work crew, you might put them on another crew. Don't look now. Don't look now. Stay looking at pastor. Look at pastor, all right? And, And all of that, all of that, makes our team the beauty and diversity, the differences of personality. And it's not just us in this room, right? Some are are a little bit hesitant of of, because I'm talking about rebuilding the kingdom. So some might not be as excited about Pentecostals who speak in tongues. Some might not be as excited about uh, our, our people that are high liturgy. Where, where, where everything is written down and you know you sit up, you stand down, you sit up, you sit down, you pray. Like there, there's such a variance of how God moves within his church. Do you see yourself? Do you see Mac as one, one part of a bigger movement to rebuild God's kingdom? Or is it just a Mac thing? I pray not. I pray that we see ourselves as as being co-laborers, whether it's men with women, whether it's black with white, whether it's us with New Rising Star next door. We are co-laborers in the kingdom. It is not our desire to be doing this alone. And I love even my sisters in here in verse 12 that the daughters give, the daughters invest, the daughters are contributors and in, in, in this culture, it was not common for women to be involved in rebuilding projects. We don't know exactly if they got down and picked up bricks or if they gave money, hired men and told them what to do. Either way, their influence was felt. It was felt. And so, Brother Jake, if you can go to slide number seven. Oh, slide number seven. What am I talking about? Slide. So this is going to be a little blurry, guys. But what I want to show you first is all these different names I've been giving you. Those names, each color is kind of showing you like where that person is located and what segments of the wall they were rebuilding. And so now it begins to like make become a little bit clearer in your mind that that Nehemiah. He was a cold boy. 
He, he, was, he, he was no joke. The vision God gave him was one to restore what protected the people of God, and he had a spot for each person. Going a little bit, a little bit closer, uh, Jake. So now you can see you got the sheep gate here, Malchijah, inspection gate. You, got, you can see Zadok, East Gate. You can just see how each person has been given a place to invest and to rebuild. What's yours? How will you be a, a, a tool God continues to use to rebuild his kingdom? Jump with me to verse 13. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zenoah repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. Malchijah, the son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim, repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And Shalom, the son of Kol Haze, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and covered it and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. Now, there's, there's, there's two things that you can track with from the ancient Near East to today that, that, that when I say it, you understand exactly the context. You understand the implications. You can put yourself right inside. What's up, man? You can put yourself right inside of the, the you can just feel like you are there. When they talk about taxes, you're like, mm, I get it. Mm-hmm. A lot of money, opportunity for greed. You understand how taxes were used then, and taxes can potentially be used now. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Oh, y'all don't know nothing about taxes. <laughs> you also know about dung. It, 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 it wasn't fresher then. <laughs> and some of y'all have babysat my kids. You know. You know what's up. N- notice, notice some repaired the dung gate in verse 14. But in verse 15, some repaired the fountain gate. Which one you signing up for? But see, 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 sometimes in, 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 a, in a bigger vision, we have to be willing to do the things that are not as fancy. Our pastor used to say as sexy, the things that are you, you're quick to sign up for, the job that everybody wants. I remember we had a, uh, uh, an event, and I'm, I'm thinking it was a field day, but folks were out kicking it, connecting. And there's just one sister you see off in the distance walking around the park, picking up bags of trash, picking up juice boxes that have been thrown on the ground, picking up balloons that have been busted from water balloons. Not saying nothing to nobody, just faithfully serving in the background. I I can list story after story of people in this congregation doing things like that. But let's let's be real. All right. Let's just be real. And around our building, if we have a cleanup day 
And there's some at them, the yard right out here looks really clean right now. They've cut the grass. It looks good. We had a mission team here about three weeks ago. They started going up the street. Uh, but if you go behind the church in the alley, there's some stuff in that alley. Let me just say there's some stuff in the alley. We divide up. Okay, let's all go out and clean. Would you be tempted to go towards the area that's the nastiest? You want to run to that back alley. Or would you be okay with one little bag of Cheetos here, a couple of empty plastic bottles? Family, I, I, I love that there are a variety of ways that, that people get engaged, that every person has value, but every job isn't glorious. But it's still kingdom. Some jobs you do, you may not get notary, notoriety, excuse me. You might not get accolades, you might not get recognition. Do you remember that you're doing it for, for one? For an audience of one? I'll apologize now because I might not see you. And I should give the recognition that, that, that you are due for serving in an amazing way. But will you know that you're serving the king, that you are contributing, that you are building with all of us together God's kingdom? We, uh, we had this crazy experience yesterday. My wife and I, after what has it been, babe, about three years since we've been to Eastern Market? About three years. And once Elisha got out that stroller, it was over. <laughs> we ain't coming back. No. Uh, so we so we go to we go to the Eastern Market, and one of our girls wears a T-shirt, uh, Spring Hill. Now we go to we go to the market. What five minutes into being there, we meet a two minutes into being there, we meet a family like Spring Hill. Hey, I used to work there. Da, da, da. We start kicking it with this family. Kick it with them for a while, move on, go under the shed, go get all the kids some popcorn. The guy making the popcorn, selling a whole table full of veggies, says to me, I've worked at Spring Hill. I've helped restore one of their places. I was in a discipleship program, and each year we would adopt a different ministry to help, and Spring Hill was one of the ministries we helped. We go get some more veggies, head to our shed to go see our homie. Outside are two beautiful young girls playing the violin, seven and eight-year-old maybe, with their mom. And Shiloh says, I know them. They came to Spring Hill. (laughs) So we go over. We start kicking in with the mom, talking with her a little bit, encouraging the kids. Great job. Okay. Why do I list this? Because... If, if you are given the task to work on the fountain gate and you're like, no, I want to be really dirty. Let me go over to the dung gate and show how much I'm really down. Or you're given the task to work at the dung gate, but you're like, mm, too dirty for me. I'm going over to the fountain gate. Now the vision, it gets compromised because you're not playing your position. You're not responding to the call that God has on your life and how you contribute. So for Spring Hill, if Spring Hill started to do real estate development, if Spring Hill started to try to do a construction. No, Spring Hill said, we believe that a camping experience will transform the lives of kids. And God has called us to that lane and we're going to play that lane as the best we can. And now I see the impact of their commitment to that vision in Eastern Market in Detroit? In Eastern Market 
in Eastern Market in Detroit. You see, you see what can happen when you when you see that it's not just about you. But you also realize you're a part of a family, a team of people that are rebuilding God's community together. But you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be a, a all jack of all trades. You can be right where God has you. And that be faithful, be powerful, be a great impact in this community. And so things shift a little bit. Work with me to verse 20. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, repaired another section from the buttress to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him, Mermoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakos, repaired another section from the door of the house of Eliashib to the end of the house of Eliashib. After him, the priest, the son of the surrounding area, repaired. After them, the Benjamin and Hushab repaired opposite their house. After them, Azariah, the son of Messiah, uh, Messiah, son of Ananiah, repaired beside his house. Before we were talking about walls, the walls, trying to protect all of the city, seeing people have a place of peace, a place of rest. But now there's a shift. And you begin to see a rebuilding of people's homes. And so, Jake, if you can come to that next slide for me, the um, next map. What you have starting to move towards some of the center dots and not not just on the outside wall are the homes of the folks who've been working. So so there was a, a call to work together for the communal good. But that communal good now is spilling over into their personal individual good in their homes. Go to that next one, Jake. And so you can see there. The priest's house, Zadok's house, Jedediah's house. I remember um, being at a, a CCDA conference, and CCDA is a Christians in Community Development Association. And they talked about there being three types of people in a neighborhood. They talked about the remainers, those that stay in the neighborhood. Uh, never leave because they love their community and no matter what happens to the community, they will ride the success of it or ride its demise. But this is home. They're not going nowhere. So they talked about the remainers. They talked about the returners, those that may have left for a season, maybe got certain education, maybe got military service, maybe got experience in a certain job market, whatever. And then they return, come back. And lastly, they talk about the relocators, those that see uh, joy in living in a community that maybe wasn't their own where they started, but they've relocated to do life. And it talked about whether you're a remainer, relocator or a returner, the beauty of doing life and making sure that you are ministering out of your home. That ministering out of your home is more important than any of those roles. Because if, if you're talking a lot about Jesus while you're in the ministry and then you go home and you beat your kids or you, or you go home and you're stealing stuff or you go home and you compromise what happens on your block because of your character, all of the ministry crumbles. 
And so we see here that these folks start, start investing now in their homes. And, and, and it's, it could be a ripple effect. Uh, our brother Carl is not here today. I wish he was because I wanted to celebrate him. Uh, Carl is Miss Carolyn's husband. Uh, Carl works on a team called the Hans Farms team. And uh, Mike Score is a brother that loves the Lord, uh, who I've been able to, to, to get to know a decent amount. Uh, while talking with Mike one day, he said to me, Leon, we have been cleaning out empty lots. We have been uh, tearing down abandoned houses. I can show you pictures of this neighborhood that the more we clean, the more the neighbors invest in their homes. He said that, that because of the, some of the beginning uh, investment they've made in the community, he's seen neighbors repair hundreds of roofs. None of their money. Neighbors repair hundreds in our zip code of roofs. You know it's true. Your house, grass looking all jacked up, bushes looking all crazy. Come home and you see neighbors on both sides tidy up the place. You're like, kids, y'all better go to sleep. I'm about to cut this grass. (laughs) You know the impact it has when you see folks taking care of stuff. It, 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 it has a ripple effect. We all begin. So, so I implore you, I beg you, whether you're a remainer, returner, or relocator, live out the gospel in your home. But also clean it up. Okay. <laughs> Family, we were trying to rebuild. And uh, we're trying to rebuild a lot. We're trying to see God's kingdom rebuilt in this community. What are some of those ways that can happen? We're not just trying to see it, it, it look good, though beautification is one. We don't want any more abandoned houses. We want to see families being restored. We want to see economic de- development where businesses are within walking distance of your home. We want to see relationships restored where, where the breakdown between races and between gender Lord is restored and we can see redemptive relationships taking place. We want to see crime eliminated. We want to see education flourishing in our community. We want to see fruits of the spirit among churches and a unity among churches. We want to see a thriving community. If, all, if we get all of that, we get all of that, it'll begin to give us a, a glimpse of what shalom looks like. What we want for nothing. That's our ultimate goal it's, it's, it's to see, and we know that that type of experience can only happen with Christ as the foundation. Family, we rebuild kingdom together. Lastly, I want you to jump down with me to verse 30. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaf, Repaired another section after him. Mashalam, the son of Berechiah, repaired opposite his chamber after him. Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired as far as the house of the temple of servants and the merchants opposite the muster gate and to the upper chamber of the corner. And between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. Family, they say that uh, 
each person giving of their time uh, was making some sacrifices. The goldsmith uh, was a creator of fine things, whether it was jewelry, whether it was ornate decoration, the goldsmith was putting in work. But in order to rebuild this wall, the goldsmith had to stop working. He, he did not go in to make gold jewelry that day. He went in to rebuild the kingdom with his people. And family, I, I, I want to pause here and, and just say two words that communicate, I pray a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Because each of you have made sacrifices along the way in rebuilding God's kingdom, and we truly, truly are thankful for you. Some of you have, have not gotten up with your kids and been away at a Bible study or an action group or a mat group, and instead of uh, putting them to sleep, a babysitter's putting them to sleep. And we thank you. Some of you could have, could have been putting in overtime to try to battle against some of those financial ills that you're facing constantly. But instead, you said, no, I'm going to carve out this time for Mac Life or something else. And we thank you. Some of you could have been on a date night on that night. But instead, you chose to, to be out going door to door, sharing about the commons. We thank you. There's a sacrifice that was made here, and, it, and, it, and I'm, I'm, I'm thanking you. I believe it's worth it. I believe a kingdom sacrifice is worth it, but I, but I want to acknowledge that it comes at a cost, and we as a leadership team are so thankful for the many ways that you all have given of yourselves, whether it be your time, whether it be your talent, or whether it be your treasure. And we want you to know that we are greatly, greatly appreciate, appreciative. We greatly appreciate you. A few last observations and we're going to go. No, I'm just going to leave it at one. This, uh, this chapter starts with Eliashib, the high priest, working on the sheep gate. And it ends talking about the sheep gate. And the sheep gate was the entrance by which all animals entered into Jerusalem. It was the place by which the high priest and the other priests would select the animals for sacrifice. It was the place by which those animals would be selected to be a, to atone for, to in a sense pay for the sins of the people. I know that... Uh, it's common in our world today for people to hear that there's many ways to God, but there isn't. There's but one way to God, and it is through Christ. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 say, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. We pray that as you hear about rebuilding community, as you hear about us hoping and trusting that God will use us in each of our unique ways to be a part of a family, a part of a team, a part of a, a, a crew that is working for Christ, 
that if you miss that Jesus is the foundation that we are building on, if you miss that there's another way to Christ, another way to God except through Christ, then I've not communicated well. Our heart's desire is that you would understand that that just as we see a a kingdom being built that's going to bring forth shalom, that's going to bring forth peace, that's going to bring forth restoration, the only way to experience that is through Christ and Christ alone. You can experience that starting today. You don't have to wait until all the walls are rebuilt, until all of Detroit has everything that people keep saying. When Detroit's, Detroit's going to return, and when it returns, watch out. Like We were in Eastern Market yesterday, and somebody just walked past, and they blew me away their T-shirt. It said, Detroit never left. It's like, man, that's cool. That's cool. But if, but if you're waiting on that to experience the true shalom, you're going to be waiting forever. Because the peace that God gives is an internal peace. And then he works out in us the ability to extend that same grace and peace unto others. We want that for you now. We want that for you today. So my family, I'm going to end things a little bit differently today. I will be praying. Um, but I, I need my brothers. Matt, Ken, can I help get your hand real quick? Come on up. I need you guys to slide this back in that corner for me. Or actually just, yeah, slide it back in that corner for me. Because our, our, our youth sometime and our children sometime are like, Daddy, you be talking and we don't know what you're talking about because you're speaking about Malkadidic and Zadok and all these people. What's going on? I want to do something that I think will help us as adults engage, but also help our kids engage. So my elders, uh, let me get Matthew and Alex, would you guys mind heading to the back? My elders are going to give each family two of these. And these are going to symbolize a brick or a piece of wood. And what you have up front is a wall that's been broken down. And what I want each family to do is to come forward And as you as a family come forward, I want you to take and help rebuild. And if you see something out of place, put it in place. And what we're going to try to do is make one nice wall. The hope is that this will be lodged in our minds, that we as a community do this together I'm praying that our, our, our children someday will be like in five years, Dad, remember that thing we did? Or Mom, we did something with a, with a wall or wood. What were we doing? And we can yep, go for it, guys. Y'all can start passing them out now. Yep. Um, one per family, uh, two per family, please. Um, that that what will happen is it will be cemented in our minds that we do this together as a community and that the kingdom of God can be rebuilt by his power, that he can use us, every single one of us. There's no family here that is worth more or less value, that each and every one of us are one of his agents, one of his change agents, one of his tools of redemption. So what we're going to do is come up, and when you come up as a family, I'm asking that you say, we rebuild together.
Can y'all say that with me one time? We rebuild together. All right? We rebuild together. So what we're going to do, they're going to give one to each fam, and then what we're going to do is you'll come up, put it up here, help me reorganize the stuff that's not in order. You know, let's have a nice row, a nice uh, uh, wall by the time we're finished. And then at both ends will be the elders, and the elders will be providing communion. And so if you are a person that's not yet a believer, but you want to contribute in this, cool. Feel free to take one of the boxes, help put it up front as we rebuild the wall. We want you to help us. But if you're not there yet with Christ, feel free not to take to the communion. Communion is something we do to, to, to truly model our dependence upon a, a holy God that loves us, that is with us. So we would love for you to, to if, if today is your first day of accepting Christ, then we would love for you to, to take communion today. But if not, then feel free not to take part of communion or the tithe and offering, which will happen towards the end of service as well. Uh, these are things that we do out of worship. And uh, if you're not there yet, feel free to not participate. But you still can participate in helping us rebuild the wall if you would like. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you. You are you're using each of us. It's so cool to look out and see the beautiful faces in this room. May we each be reminded of your, your care for us, your love for us, how you want to use us. Yeah, us. Us that still don't spend money right. Us that still curse right, wrong. Us that still get into arguments with our spouses. Us that still don't have it all together. And yes, Lord, you use us. Grow us. Don't let us stay the same. But don't let us think that we need to be perfect before we're used by you. You are so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.